welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Olivia. And my name is Danny, and we are your co-hosts. And this weekend is the Eras Tour. Woo! <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Oh, God, me too. And it, as a reminder to anyone listening, we are going to be in Glendale for opening weekend. We will not be there on Friday night. Our flights got all shifted around. So even if we were lucky enough to score last minute tickets, we will not be there. So we will be there on Saturday, though. So come say hi. A few of you already told us that you're going to be there at the Saturday show. And so Olivia is frantically making friendship bracelets. I hope she is. (laughs) Because I can't. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we are trying to get there, like, right before doors open. So we should be there for a while. So if you see us, say hi. Please come up. We want to meet you. We always want to make more Swifty friends. So Come take our bracelets. Come take the bracelets off of Olivia's hands. Force her to make more. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about the Reputation Stadium Tour. And the reason that Olivia chose this to do today is because it's the last tour that Taylor did, obviously, RIP Loverfest. And (laughs) the hype around this stadium tour, like we were talking last night about how this is our comfort movie. Literally, whenever I'm drunk, I come home from the bar and I put it on. (laughs) always it's so funny that that like holds true but it's just so good it's so comforting it's amazing and obviously it was made into a concert movie that is on netflix so just like we did with the 1989 world tour where we encourage you to go onto youtube and watch it alongside us as we talk about it pop open netflix open up the reputation stadium tour and watch alongside us as we kind of talk about it but this tour was so larger than life so immaculate that the best way to get hype for the eras tour is to watch the reputation oh. tour yep her most recent tour what five years ago at this point yeah <sighs> it's wow. it's so good it's so incredible and like two years ago, Olivia had me watch the Reputation Stadium tour all the way through because I hadn't actually done it. Again, go listen to our Rep FOMO I episode. I think I hadn't watched it either, but I wanted really? to like watch it like with somebody for the first time. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, go listen to our Rep FOMO episode if you're like, what the heck? You hadn't seen it? Whatever. There's <laughs> reasons, okay? And we sat down, we watched the Reputation Stadium tour, and I had such little appreciation or respect on Rep's name until I watched the tour itself. I don't know what the fuck I was ever thinking. This album is like my number three now, I think is what I ranked it a few weeks ago. It's the best tour I think that she's done so far. Rep was an album that needed to be toured to get the appreciation that it deserved. Oh, yeah. I remember you specifically saying to like, we were maybe one or two songs in and you were just like, reputation just like isn't my thing. (laughs) I really felt that way for a long time because from the outside as somebody who wasn't like a crazy big Swifty who liked Taylor Swift was very generally neutral about her overall reputation seemed really bitter and it's not bitter but that's what it looks like and so until you watch her perform these songs it just it looked so much nastier so much dirtier so much more bitter than it actually is and even like the parts that are truly bitter, they were bitter for a reason. We just didn't know the reason. Exactly. And there's so much more fun to watch perform live. Like, look what you made me do. I still have beef with. We'll talk about it when we get to that point in the <laughs> tour. But watching her perform it makes it like, oh, this is camp. This is funny. This isn't as angry as it sounded the first time I heard it in 2017. Like, yeah, it's mad, but it's like almost mad in a way of, 
oh, you're stuck underneath my shoe and you're annoying me, not you're in my way, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> so just a little bit of background on the Reputation Stadium Tour. It did start in Glendale, Arizona, the same way the Eras Tour is going to hey, start. Hey, Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> it began on May 8th, 2018. So we are almost five years removed from when it started. Crazy. It concluded on November 21st, 2018 in Tokyo, and it had 53 total shows. It had 2.88 million attendees and grossed $345.7 million in revenue, which does make it Taylor Swift's most successful tour to date. But more importantly, it's the third highest grossing female concert tour of all time and the highest grossing tour ever in the United States. Just mm-hmm. knocked it out of the freaking park. Yes, she did. And this is like what the non-Swifties considered her flop era. I remember that when the tour was announced, there was a lot of critic commentary on like, why is she doing an all-stadium tour and nobody's going to go? Taylor Swift was canceled in 2016. And then she comes out with the most successful U.S. tour in history. Mm -hmm. Fully sold out. We'll get into the differences between it selling out then and like Eras tour selling out in a minute, but it did end up fully selling out. It incorporated what Wikipedia calls goth subculture, uh, very theatrical, very Broadway. She used a snake motif because everyone called her a snake. Like she really leaned into it. And it was just so crazy how much went into making this massive yeah, very stage. High production. <laughs> very high production. And it was rewarded as such. It won multiple tour of the year awards. It's been praised as her best tour yet. And then, funny enough, the governor of Minnesota until 2019, Mark Dayton, declared August 31st, 2018 as Taylor Swift Day in the state, honoring Taylor (laughs) doing two consecutive dates at the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Like, it just had (laughs) pop culture by the throat if you were paying an iota of attention in 2018. I'm so nervous to find out what she has up her sleeve with the Ares tour. Me too. I'm genuinely so anxious because the tickets for this show for reputation were significantly less expensive than the tickets for the Mm -hmm. eras tour and so talking about kind of selling those tickets out after a few days of verified fan pre-sale which they did through Ticketmaster then and after several days of on sale public tickets Mm -hmm. it did ultimately sell out but tickets were like half the cost of what they were for the eras tour and the stuff that was on this tour, the massive snake that costs like a million dollars or some dumb shit to create, and <laughs> the snake skeletons that fly around and stuff. Yeah. All the of those fireworks. T- fireworks. <laughs> those obnoxious, co- the tilted stage, those obnoxious costs come from ticket sales in order to produce this show. Like, you know, they take the credit and hope that they sell the tickets. They sell the tickets. They make their money back. Everyone gets paid, yada, yada. That's how businesses work. But if the ticket cost of the Eras Tour is twice the cost of that of the Reputation Tour, which already had this insane theatricality and production scale, what the fuck is going to happen on the Eras Tour? I know. And you could speculate that it's just so that she can make the maximum amount of money. That's totally true. But if that were true, she would have dynamic pricing switched on when the tickets went live, which she did not. And Taylor Swift has a tendency to always try to one-up what she's done before. So I just, I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. Yeah. 
As for the openers on this tour, um, in North America, we had Camila Cabello and Charlie XCX. Camila Cabello was in her bag during this year. Like Havana had just come out the year prior. Her debut album had done really well. And Charlie XCX is just super fun and fit the vibe. And then Broods, which is a New Zealand duo. They're very good. They opened elsewhere. Unlike the 1989 tour where every single show was like a different guest star, yada, yada. She had only a handful of guest stars. Who were they again? Yeah, so there were only a couple locations that were lucky enough to have a guest star, which (laughs) I'd be so sad if I didn't get a guest star and I heard of other places getting these guest stars. (laughs) So (laughs) in Pasadena, she had Shawn Mendes for one night and then Selena Gomez the next night along with Troy Sivan. And then in London, she had Niall Horan and Robbie Williams. In Foxborough, she had Haley Kiyoko. Toronto, she had Brian Adams. In Nashville, of course, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. They sang Tim McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> and in Arlington, she had Marin Morris and Sugarland. Excellent. And she, just like the 1989 tour, she did rotate a surprise song in. The song that she rotated with was All Too Well, and we'll talk about where that was at in the set list as we go yeah. through it. But she loves her surprise songs. She loves switching Love it up each surprise show. songs, too. <laughs> <laughs> she did the story of us in Kansas City, which is a story of us stand. I'm devastated. I have so much freaking FOMO. No. Hey, Steven in St. Louis. I'm looking at this list right now, too, which I'm sure you are. And... It looks like we should have gone, like, if we were going to go to these shows with, like, our headspace now as Swifties, uh, we should have gone to the Landover night one and two because she did State of Grace and then Haunted. I saw. I cannot <laughs> believe. She they, she only performed So It Goes, like, one time, and it was the first night in London. Poor So It Goes just gets shit on in Reputation. I, and I love So It Goes. I love So It Goes, too. It wouldn't perform super great, so, like, I guess I get it. Like, that's not going to happen on the Eras Tour, despite its lack of representation on the Rep Tour. But oh, So It Goes is so good. I agree. It's just a mood, you know? Absolutely underrated, for sure. <laughs> oh, and then fun fact, in Toronto on night two, Taylor did Come Back Be Here, which was requested by our girl, Autumn. <laughs> so if you don't know who Autumn is, go listen to the TS Tour Tips episode. She talks about her experience meeting Taylor and requesting this surprise song. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm so like, I'm tickled pink about the Eras Tour every time we're talking about this. Ah, okay. Oh. I'm fine. Well, anyway, she did end up turning it into a concert film, and the concert film was filmed at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, on the last night of the U.S. tour. And it really is just, like, the most magical thing. It is what we used to kind of outline talking about the tour today, mm-hmm. and critics loved this thing. They called it immortalizing, unforgettable, peaking in her stardom, a divine showcase of costumes, dancing, and t- Taylor Swift's own barely contained effervescent joy at being on stage. Isn't it so crazy whenever critics are like, she's hit her peak? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> they do it every time. When are they going to learn every their lesson? Time. Well, you know what? I think it's fair to say she's hit her peak but there's another peak coming, right? Because using us as an example, our listenership goes up every week. Hey guys, thank you for sharing the pod. Our listenership goes up every single week and we've hit a new peak. We're just going to get another one. 
exactly. <laughs> so it was just insane how well this tour did. I cannot believe that we did not go to this tour. I will never forgive myself, but it's fine. And I was surrounded by any crazy Swifties to like positively influence me. Same. I guess I had my sister who went to the rep tour in Kansas City, but she wasn't going to drive tell me. you something like, well, if you want to miss out on one of the best artists of all time, then that's on you. Bye. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that she said something to the effect of like, yeah, if you like... wanted to go, but I don't even think I was in Kansas City. No, I, no, I was. Okay. It was September 8th of 2018. I was in school two hours away from Kansas City at the time. So I maybe could have made it work, but I was in my last semester of college. I was struggling and I was broke. And yeah, she wasn't going to pay for my ticket. If you were a crazy Swifty at the time. Yes. Uh, no, it would, anything would have worked. Anything would have Whatever. <laughs> so get your rep tour open. Let's talk about it. So this tour opens. First of all, I just want to make a comparison to the 1989 tour video that's on YouTube. That filming is so <laughs> choppy. It's hyper edited. The color grading is insane. And yeah. The absolute jump in quality, it feels like, to the Reputation Tour. Like, they really did film this like it was a genuine movie. <laughs> a primary difference between the 1989 tour filmed and the Reputation Tour film is that the Reputation Tour film literally just watches like you're watching the concert. And yeah. the 1989 one watches like a documentary almost where they cover a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I kind of wish we could have seen more that. of that for rep, yeah. but... I was thinking about this this morning. The reason that I imagine that it wasn't was because the whole point was there will be no explanation. There will just be reputation. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> she didn't want to deep dive. She didn't want to do the behind the scenes. People didn't deserve it. Because she is dramatic. <laughs> Speaking of her being dramatic, she opens this tour with this like black and white montage of some clips of her when she was you know 15 and younger like playing her guitar clips of her in her 1989 era clips of her red era interlaced with flashes of headlines of taylor swift is over and some voiceovers of what i think very possibly could be real like reporters saying some nasty shit about taylor swift and like in the background it's just reputation and it's a really, really big buildup. And the flashes get faster and faster and faster until they go out. Oh, Goosey is just hear, explaining it. Let the games begin. Let the games begin. Uh, Ready for it is the perfect mm. tour opener. Perfect album opener. Are you ready for it? I think Ready For It is underrated as a song, personally, although it's very obviously Love developed. Ready For It. Yeah, right? To be like a theatrical open. But let's talk about Ready For It. She comes out. She looks fucking sexy, okay? She's got on this yes, sexy does. little bodysuit, dark lipstick. Her hair is like this natural curl thing happening. And she's like throwing ass. And just the drama, too, of her actually coming out. She comes out on this, like, little conveyor belt and is just standing, like, posed, her back turned to the audience. And the music builds up, and she turns and goes, are you ready for it? And then there's just, like, fireworks and just, uh, 
It's so good. So iconic. So iconic. I could be proven wrong <laughs> when the tour opens in a couple of days, but I see probably Lavender Hayes meet me at midnight being how the Eras tour is open. That makes the most sense to me. I'm sorry. I love Lavender Hayes. Ready for it is probably the peak of opening tours. I don't see how she's ever going to beat that. It's perfect. It's incredible. And like you can you can tell that she probably wrote this song with like that in mind in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, after all this sexy ass choreography, the camera kind of zooms out a little bit and you can see how big these screens are. She wanted yeah. everyone in that room to be able to see very well. And I'm hopeful that it will be the same for the Eras tour because stadiums are so large. If you're in the very back row of the nosebleeds, she looks like a tiny little dot, like a little white, white boop. And so she's got these big screens, this very big stage where she can walk all the way around and get as close to as many people as possible. And there are B stages, satellite stages, as they're sometimes yeah. called, for her to get over to. But we'll get to that later. Because the next song that she does is I Did Something Bad. Also incredibly iconic. Oh, my God. I just, this whole like set with the current outfit she's in is just back to back to back to back amazing she's in this like long sleeve like all glitter sequin leotard basically and these like high black boots just like this is reputation (laughs) it is and I think this is the outfit that like she wore on the cover of the concert film poster she's got the hood up well she doesn't have the hood up in the show but it's very very sexy she's got this choreographed so tight she does this thing where like the her dancers her men are like near her hips and she moves her hips to like knock them out with her ass and (laughs) when she sings the lyric plays in like a violin she pretends to be playing a violin uh the lyrics if a man talks shit then i owe him nothing and And it's silent uh And they, like, pick her up and spin her around and shit. It's so dramatic. Like, that song, I just know that she was thinking so hard the whole time of what was happening next. Because there's no running around and just having fun singing what she wants to sing. There are songs on this tour where she does that. This is so tightly choreographed. She just, like, really made the live performance of this song in particular the absolute most dramatic it could possibly be. Like, now all he thinks about is me and she like fans herself with her hand (laughs) (laughs) she's being such a drama queen and I absolutely love it so good and I did something (laughs) bad is fish bait in a lot of ways because when Mm -hmm. the album came out people see the title I did something bad don't blame me like these titles are intended to get you to listen because they sound like she's she's baiting you and it worked it was marketing Mm -hmm. genius so she's playing right into the I did something bad theatrics yeah Then we get into her first time having full commentary with the audience. This girl is giddy. Olivia said something last night where she was like, she just dropped the armor. When she's performing, she's not Taylor. She's Taylor Swift. And then the performing stops and she's like, hi guys, I'm Taylor. (laughs) Like she does every single time. She's so coy. And why? For what? She's so awkward with it. (laughs) Especially the intro to Gorgeous. She's like, it's just like, 
so beautiful that you would want to spend your Saturday night with me. It's like even more than beautiful. What's the word for that? Gorgeous. She's That's the so, word. She does it every single time where she's – and she's going to do it on the air store. I know she's going to. I feel like she's really awkward about the fact that all these people are there looking at her. So she plays it off with humor of, you guys are mm-hmm. spending your Saturday night with me, and that's beautiful. When last night my roommate Rebecca, while we were watching the rep tour together, turns to me and goes, she knows that if we could live here, we would. We went through <laughs> hell to get these tickets, okay? Like – what do you mean? Oh, there's so many places you could be. Shut up. Shut up. No, there's not. It's only here. <laughs> <laughs> this is all that exists in the world. <laughs> so she goes into gorgeous, like Olivia said. And she flashes back into her stage persona so well. She's Taylor. And then it's Taylor Swift. she takes this song as an opportunity to introduce all of the female dancers it's all gals out there dancing and it's fun it's quirky when she sings the lyric about going home to her cats alone they edited in a bunch of cats on the screen for the video which was kind of bizarre i thought that i was tripping but it was fine yeah it's the only time they did that throughout the entire film that's why it's so out of place i wonder if it was like on the big screen Oh, it might have been. That would make sense, I guess. Gorgeous is not one of my favorites on Reputation. It's definitely towards the bottom for me. So, and the live performance didn't really change that. But I like that she used it as an opportunity to introduce her dancers and have some real fun on the stage and sing the first song on the tour that was like explicitly a romance song versus a revenge song. Instead of the like clickbaity, grab your attention song. After Gorgeous, she does her first set of callback songs that were not on reputation and it is a mashup of style love story and you belong with me which is to be expected like those of you going to era's tour you don't want to hear love story it's the wrong concert for you you're going to hear love story I Why think that <laughs> we're going to see a lot of stuff on the Eras tour that resemble this type of mashup where you get bits mm-hmm. and pieces of songs so that she can fit in as much as possible, which has its pros and its cons, I think, for sure. Yeah. When she's performing this mashup, though, it's so interesting how comfortable she is with all of these songs because she's done them so many times. She Definitely. doesn't have that look in her eye of making sure it's perfect the way that she had for the prior three songs because she's done love story so many times it's her most performed song live ever it's got time on its side still i hope that when she does it on the airs tour she makes it like a little interesting you know um i don't think she did as well with it on the rep tour as she did on the 1989 tour the 1989 tour was like a unique experience whereas like it felt like on reputation she was just like check I did love story yeah that's kind of how I felt too 1989 the tour itself I think her vocals were so outstanding on the 1989 tour and Mm -hmm. I think that she really tried hard to make songs different more fun more unique and I didn't really see that on rep I still think Rep is the better tour, but I would love to see that element from the 1989 tour incorporated into the Eras tour. Yeah, I think for the Rep tour, she like perfected the album performance 
1989, the album performance felt a little off. Like some of the production was just like a little awkward. Like how you get the girl or the I know places doors. Like, yeah, her vocals were incredible. And when she did her old music, it was really unique. But yeah. So we go into look what you made me do. Look What You Made Me Do opens with, like, these flashbacks of old music videos, and she does, like, this wink to open it up. Taylor, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's goth. It's very, like, dark aesthetic Taylor Swift. Tiffany Haddish has a cameo of answering the phone about the old Taylor Swift being dead. And it's very much what you would expect. It's campy. It's covered in snakes. She's got the tilted stage reference to Kanye West and his actual tilted stage. Like that is another one of those songs where you can tell that she is working in her head beat for beat. This is a performance and it cannot be fucked up. Yeah. And it's like a slight rock version. There's some electric guitar in the live version as compared to the actual recording, which Rebecca made a commentary last night when we were watching it that she really, really likes that version better than the actual record. I would agree. During the bridge, that massive snake rises behind her. (laughs) (laughs) Again, she took slander and turned it into her brand, and I think that that is phenomenal. (laughs) Didn't she name the snake? What did she name the snake? I don't remember. It totally has a name. Karen. Karen? She named it Karen. She named the snake Karen? K-A-R-Y-N. Karen. Okay. I I guess... (laughs) There's probably a reason for that, and there's definitely, somebody's listening to this right now and is like, you didn't know that, and this is the lore behind it, and I'm going to be like, no, I didn't. Listen, we were not there for the rep era, okay? Let us know. Literally DM (laughs) us and tell us, okay? Tell us things, because we don't know. We're getting Taylor out here, too. After Look What You Made Me Do is Endgame, which is one of the most divisive songs on the entire album. It's I love a, Endgame. I like it's Endgame. It's like mind-blowing, but it's not a bad song. <laughs> I just, why are the features there? They shouldn't be there. She's the best part anyway, as Rebecca yeah, pointed out last rapping. night. <laughs> and it's got some banger lines, like the, I bury hatchets, but I keep maps of where I put them. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that shit. I like a lot of Endgame, but the features shouldn't be there. Yeah. And, the performance is fine. It's, I mean, yeah. when I say fine, I want to put this in, like, just to get this out there. If I say, oh, yeah, the song's fine. This entire tour is out fucking standing. Nothing is just fine. But I'm going to probably limit my commentary for stuff that's not, like, just crazy. Yeah. I will say the thing about this performance that got me the most is when she does the big reputation, big reputation, her and her whole um, dance team, like, strut down one of her catwalks. <laughs> which is just like perfect for that line. And I think I made a comment last night that that it's just so crazy to think about August 2016 Taylor Swift who wrote in her diary this summer is the apocalypse and we know that based off of like her interviews since then that she just thought her career was completely over. She thought everybody hated her. She was at the lowest point in her life. And then like really insecure about her bad reputation that is a lie. And fast forward to her strutting down her cat catwalk, singing "Big Reputation, Big Reputation." <laughs> yeah, 
she found a safe place in Joe Alwyn, I think, where she could really lean into this and mm-hmm. make it feel less awful. Yeah. After Endgame is King of My Heart. King of My Heart, I think, is also underrated. I know it's my sister Kate's favorite on Reputation. Mm-hmm. One of the fun facts about King of My Heart is that it was quite literally inspired by Game of Thrones. It was inspired by Daenerys and Khal Drogo, and she wanted the post-hook drums to sound like Dothraki drums, and that is leaned into on stage because she's wearing like this little black romper with fishnets. She's looking really sexy. She performs King of My Heart as it is, but then when she takes the time to go do her outfit change, instead of the entire stage going black, she allows the drummers to lean into those Dothraki-style drums for several minutes to buy time for her costume change. She's a little nerd. Yeah, she has a lot of Game of Thrones with her. I need to know her commentary. (laughs) Same. I want to know. I want to know what she thinks of season eight. That's it. (laughs) I want to know. So after the costume change from King of My Heart, because King of My Heart is sung pretty much exactly as it is. And then you got the Dothraki drums. She comes out in this iconic rainbow fringe dress. I think this dress, she wore like different colors on different days too. But because this one is in the actual tour movie, this is the one we always think of. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she had like a green one or something like that too. Lover Easter egg. <laughs> she starts talking to the audience about how everyone in the audience has on a bracelet. And I hope that the bracelets make a comeback. But she's talking about how the light up bracelets were intended so she could see every single individual person in the audience because the crowd is that big. But she wants to see everyone. She then takes that conversation and starts talking about reputations and about how everybody is afraid of the reputation going south and hoping to like find comfort in someone and not be alone when your reputation gets completely destroyed basically it's a really nice conversation that she has with the audience and naturally that conversation has to lead into the lyrics this ain't for the best my reputation's never been worse so he must like me for me delicate yeah this one was really cute because she's like floating across and it matches like the vibe of it i need to know what the insurance plan was at every stadium for her to be <laughs> floating around like that yeah insurance on dropping taylor swift it's really soft it's really pretty it's delicate if you will and then once she's like kind of gone around and seen the entire stadium and sang her beautiful track five she lands and takes a left fucking turn to sing shake it off at the b stage (laughs) it's fun this one with uh camilla cabello and charlie right Yes, she does. Um, they come out. It's fun. It's goofy. It's silly. It's very reminiscent. You know, how she closed the 1989 tour was with Shake It Off. And it's obvious she's just trying to have a little bit of fun out at the B stage and interact with the people at the back of the room. Yeah, I think we're also definitely going to get Shake It Off. Shake It Off, Love Story, Antihero are my, like, number, like, not number one, like, needs, but, like, number one, I believe. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Those are going to be performed, without a doubt. Then a really cute moment happens in the 
movie where one of her dancers, Giuseppe, comes up with a tissue and she admits that she has a tiny cold and she's still performing anyway. I don't know how she does any of this while having a cold. When I have a cold, I I, like don't want to walk (laughs) sometimes, but she kills it. It's a really cute little moment, but she uses that to segue into a conversation about how her fans have always pushed her to experiment more, which is how she's gotten to where she is. When people want her to get out of her comfort zone, she is inclined to do so more. Part of that is that every song that she writes, despite the insane production that she might experiment with, should be able to strip back to what she's most proud of, which is the lyrics. I I say it all the time. Any Taylor Swift song you can take and read it like a poem. I'd agree, because I think that's how she writes them. She starts as a poem, puts it to music, maybe. It's about how that's her strongest, her, her strongest, like, selling point in her music. She knows that's why she's so successful and so famous. She's very, very, very self-aware. She knows she's not a crazy vocalist, mm-hmm. you know, like other artists are with, that heavily rely on their vocal talent. She knows that, like, she does a good job with vocals, but it's not outlandish, and she knows that everyone loves the stories she tells and the way that she puts emotions into words. It is quite literally how she's gotten so successful and taking a song like Dancing With Our Hands Tied, which has insane production and is just very sexy. It's about bondage. I'm just saying. I know it's a metaphor, (laughs) but it's also about bondage. There's no way it's not, okay? I'm just, whatever. She was 28. She was like 27, 28, whatever. Anyway, uh, but taking a song like that that's obviously like pretty sexy and being able to strip it back acoustic and have it just be really pretty matters. emotional, you know. But we were dancing and she is wearing this snake jacket which i've seen a lot of people recreating for the eras tour she has a patch on it that says arlington texas i don't know if she switched out the patch for each show or if she switched out the jacket for each show but i feel like the patch would have had to be switchable like velcro probably that's what i picture in my brain it would be pretty expensive to make remake that jacket for yeah. 50 plus shows but not that she couldn't afford it. <laughs> Shit. Um, so it's it was a really lovely performance. She's got her green guitar out there. And to keep with the acoustic theme, she goes into the song, which does rotate like we talked about. But she goes into All Too Well in the concert film. Call me up again, just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. Her speech intro into this, I think, is really, really sweet. And it always gets me super, super emotional for her, with her, however. And she talks about how this song used to be devastating for her. And when she performed it, it was really difficult to perform. And over time, her fans, she noticed that we would take that song and kind of like latch on to it and scream the words back to her and when we did that she felt less alone and it really helped her healing process and over time it became a song about her and her fans less so than her and Jake Gyllenhaal which spoiler alert all too well is about Jake Gyllenhaal if you haven't heard our muses episode about him get on over there it's or if you weren't paying attention to the pop culture cycle (laughs) in 2021 when red tv came out but I just think that's so sweet to write something that devastatingly personal and 
it take on a life of its own and you don't associate it with the original. It is truly amazing what Swifties were able to do with that song for her and just the general consensus from critics, fans, everyone that all too well I don't want to say the pinnacle of her songwriting because as we've talked about, she continues to peak, but you know, every new thing she creates can't continuously be the best thing she creates. All too well is really just, it's that girl. All too well is that fucking girl, man. Yeah. It's not my favorite Taylor Swift song by any means, but I do respect it for what it is. Well, after that, she talks about how there was like a part of the crowd that was singing the chorus really, really loud. That was BS. Everyone was singing it really loud. But she uses (laughs) that as an opportunity to say like, here I come and run through the crowd up at the barricade. She's like touching people's hands and stuff like that. And it's really. She has two different B stages. So like she had floated to one and is walking to the other one. Yes, that's correct. And she's no touching hands. Somebody has a dog. They're holding a dog on the barricade, (laughs) which is interesting. I'm wondering if in a post-COVID world, if this type of thing would happen again. Also, she says earlier in the show, I have a little cold. And then she's running around, throwing her cold. After she blew her nose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's touching these people's hands. I mean, listen, if Taylor Swift wanted to give me a cold, I guess I would take it from Taylor Swift, right? But (laughs) that sounded so bad. But I don't know if that type of thing would happen anymore. I'm so nervous about concerts in a post-COVID world, not for illness although that's a genuine thing like we're not out covid still exists illness still exists my anxiety is concert etiquette Mm, people have forgotten how to act how to be we've seen this at love on tour with harry styles yeah there's a lot of mutual fans between those fandoms too there are and concert etiquette is something that really needs to be discussed because you know don't bring massive signs that will block the view of people behind you please don't put children on your shoulders it's not safe for them it blocks the view of people behind you please don't do it don't push people don't shove people i see people on the barricade and at least when they were being filmed most of them seemed fine i have anxiety since people haven't gone on tour in five years or taylor hasn't i have anxiety of people pushing and shoving and throwing hands i went to a steve aoki concert less than a year ago where he threw his shirt into the crowd and it caused a fucking fist fight that's crazy to me for a gross shirt that steve aoki wore (laughs) steve aoki fans are different than kaylee swift fans i think we can expect a far more wholesome fan experience there is no barricade i think people will be relatively okay she doesn't have a pit or anything like that so I am cautiously optimistic. I know Taylor Swift has a lovely fan base. You're all listening and part of it. We're part of it. My biggest concert anxiety comes from etiquette, but I think it's going to be fine. I hope it's going to be fine. I hope nobody's pushing and shoving. Everybody has a seat. Everybody should have a seat. Oh yeah, but that's, that doesn't matter. You know? I saw some people online talking about how they were going to try to sneak onto the floor during the show. And I know Autumn from TS Tour Tips posted about it and was like, stay in your fucking seats. What's wrong with you people? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of security, I'm sure, because yeah, in this day and age, preparing security for these massive public events, they do need to be paying attention on social media as to what to expect. So, like, I imagine it has gotten to the right ears to know to expect that people are talking about trying stuff like that. So, I guess I we'll so. see. We'll report back uh, <laughs> next week. So, um, we'll probably have a spoiler-free section just generically discussing like what to expect and then we'll have a spoiler filled section for those of you who really just want to know well after she runs to the audience and gets to the next satellite stage she performs blank space hey, I've got a 
not surprising, major hit. But this is one of those songs that I was talking about earlier where she's literally just strutting around and having a good time. She doesn't need that beat in her ear of, all right, Taylor, you've got choreo starting in three, two. No, she's just having fun. Yeah, she already did the like blank space production show. So she's just like, <laughs> I've got a blank space, baby. <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> she continues to make those jokes where she plays off her discomfort about being up there, like with sarcasm, like the, I don't know if you guys know this, but like, that's her shtick. She'll do it on the Eras tour. It's so crazy. You're just singing all the words. <laughs> Taylor, I would donate a kidney if you wanted one. <laughs> if you wanted one. <laughs> I guess if you needed. I'm just going to give, give you my kidney. And then she goes into dress. Dress is funny because she isn't wearing this dress over this cute little red romper thing. And they put it on for her to take it off. Because the lyrics are, only got this dress so you can take it off. (laughs) My only note on dress was, black dress put on, black dress taken off. I just think that normal, there's nothing super fancy about dress. Yeah, and she's like whipping her her skirt around and like emphasis of dress, you know. It's It's a pretty performance, but it's not out of this world, you know. She does a mashup of bad blood and should have said no. I really don't Which need is to really hear. fun. It is fun. I don't need to hear Bad Blood live, but if it's going to be live, I would want it to be something like this. I really love should have said no. She's floating around on a snake skeleton again, and it's like a rock version almost. I love when she does rock yeah. versions of things. And I think there was a show where her little snake skeleton got stuck. So she improvised and sang a random song. I don't remember what it was that she sang. Actually, she had gotten stuck in the basket on the way to the first B stage when she was singing Delicate, and she just got stuck up there, finished Delicate, and was like, okay, this is awkward, and then she, like, acapella style sang our song to everybody while, like, her team figured out how to get her down. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I would have panicked. Same. (laughs) Well, once she's on the ground again, after the Bad Blood should have said no mashup, she does Don't Blame Me. which is so fucking iconic because she's got that big black cape dress fit the vocals are outstanding still don't really understand the plague outfits of the people behind her dancing it's very interesting it's very sci-fi to me it feels like a spaceship dr who-ish almost Fireworks going off. She does her high note pose during the, oh, don't blame me. Like she's like leaning back. It's the best part of the entire tour. It's that right there. Like, uh, it's just when so she good. holds her arms out and the chorus of, Oh, Lord, save me my drug. I'm like, oh. like take me to church. Whoa. <laughs> Which, once again, all I want on this fucking tour, not all I want, but like top 10 things I want is Hosier to be a special guest and to mash up, take me to church, and don't blame me. 
I sent you an acapella group that did a mashup. Did you see it? No. On TikTok? You should watch it. Okay, I will. But that's what I want. And uh, after that performance, which is just immaculate, she mm. takes a moment to thank, like, everyone that had anything to do with this tour happening, which I think is awesome. She yes. talks about how amazing it is being on stage with all of her people. And just to throw some numbers at you that she throws at us, 368 people are on that group to travel and make the show work. But about around 3,200 people per venue do all the stuff to also make an event work. Your people who do parking and sell food and security and stuff like that. Like it takes a freaking village to do this in every people every city. She's come and sweep <laughs> like everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. And as again, an event planner myself, I know how much work goes into these types of things. And I cannot imagine with how big the production value was on these shows. Just, oh, you needed so many hands to make this work. Oh, yeah. Uh, after that, she does one of my favorite moments of the entire tour, oh, which is where she mashes up Long Live and New Year's Day. It's so pretty. It's on piano. And she has this, like, really heartfelt, you know, intro to it. So she has that big speech, like, we need to thank everyone, thank everyone. And then she goes, and then, of course, there wouldn't be a show to put on if nobody wanted to see it. She, <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> before she performs Long Live, she says, like, for me, this is a song that will always be about you. And it makes me, like, literally want to cry. And I love New Year's Day. It's, like, my fave on Reputation, maybe, just because I have so much emotional tie to it. And she she ties it in really well, too, because, like, of course, New Year's Day is about, like, her romantic relationship with Joe. But she really puts emphasis on hold on to the memories. They will hold on to you. Please don't ever become a stranger whose laugh I could recognize anywhere and long live. That <laughs> lyric is so devastating. Um, she takes a big pause in the middle of the song to just look around and smile and hear the hoots and the hollers and yada yada. And then after what felt like forever of her pausing, she goes right back into it. It's beautiful. It's such a good mashup. I'm going to be crying like a little baby at tour. I would have started crying during this next part where she says the reputation poem, the famous when she fell, she fell apart. And Olivia, I would like for you to read the reputation poem amazing so she wrote a few poems i think she released them in like the reputation books that she sold for her tour uh, but this one she had like a little video intro to her next set and along with this video she is reading this poem so this is called why she disappeared when she fell she fell apart cracked her bones on the pavement she once decorated as a child with sidewalk chalk when she crashed, her clothes disintegrated and blew away with the winds that took all of her fair weather friends. When she looked around, her skin was spattered with ink, forming the words of a thousand voices, echoes she heard even in her sleep. Whatever you say, it is not right. Whatever you do, it is not enough. Your kindness is fake. Your pain is manipulation. When she lay there on the ground, she dreamed of time machines and revenge and a love that was really something, not just the idea of something. When she finally rose, she rose slowly, avoiding old haunts and sidestepping shiny pennies, wary of phone calls and promises, charmers, dandies, and get-love-quick schemes. 
When she stood, she stood with a desolate knowingness, waded out into the dark, wild ocean up to her neck, bathed in her brokenness, said a prayer of gratitude for each chink in the armor she never knew she needed. Standing broad-shouldered next to her was a love that was really something, not just the idea of something. When she turned to go home, she heard the echoes of new words. May your heart remain breakable, but never by the same hand twice, and even louder. Without your past, you could never have arrived so wondrously and brutally by design or some violent, exquisite happenstance here. And in the death of her reputation, she felt truly alive. Oh, I get goosebumps every fucking time. I can't. I can't with that girl. Who writes that kind of stuff? The winds that took her fair weather friends? Like, who? Okay. I need her to just, like, release poetry books, honestly. Like, if she ever gets tired of performing live, like, just write us things. (laughs) Well, this poem that's playing with, like, a little intro video to Getaway Car, which, where is the Getaway Car music video, Taylor? Release it! You did a whole fucking photo shoot and video shoot for the tour, but you didn't make a video. I don't believe you. I know. She could have just done it right then and there. Literally. Uh, And Getaway Car is this amazing song. She comes out in this purple little dress with, like, this glitter blazer. And this is another song where she's kind of just vibing on stage. Like, she's just singing. She's telling the tale. She's just telling the tale of the Getaway Car to the audience. Yes. Which, if you haven't listened to our Tom Hiddleston episode, which came out a couple of weeks before this then we'll talk more about that then but she's just telling the story of the getaway car and she like ends it with like a shrug she's like nothing good starts <laughs> in getaway known. car known I'd be the first to leave. think about the place where you first met me <laughs> i keep saying this but a mashup of getaway car in august because of people on tiktok who mash those up together i could see that happening on the eras tour okay after that she really tones it back with call it what you want just really emotional because it's not this song with this massive build it doesn't have the big don't blame me chorus it doesn't have the crazy outro i was dying in a getaway car armor of reputation it's just you know what call it what you want to after all this call it what you want it kind of gives like a little karma vibes too like karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me my baby's fit like a daydream walking with his head down, but I'm the one he's walking to. Yeah. Also, what's funny is she's wearing this, like, glitter dress that's covered in sequins. Her arms are staying right away I from her know. body so she doesn't get cut up. If you've ever worn a sequin dress to high school homecoming, you know the pain of not realizing that the sequin dress is going to cut your little arms up. like that is so real (laughs) so real she's having fun on stage with this song and it ends with call it what you want to and she holds up the number two at the end like call it what you want to like little peace (laughs) sign it's so cute so she does we are never ever getting back together next which i could go without seeing live unless it's the rock version from the 1989 tour but she just performs it as is so it's fine And honestly, though, this way 
I wouldn't be that mad about because she really just does. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. And like one little chorus. And then it hopped right into this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. That's true. It's kind of a mashup. Mm hmm. But this is why we can't have nice things is what the tour ends on. I still, it's not one of my favorite songs on the album, but the live performance made that song so much more enjoyable for me. It's chaotic and it's fun. And there's a fountain that's actually spraying water and they are all getting wet. (laughs) (laughs) And I think probably the most notable part about this performance is when she gets to the bridge and she's like, you know, here's to my baby. He doesn't care about what they call me lately here's to my mama had to listen to all this drama and here's to you because forgiveness is a nice thing to do and she pauses the music cuts out she turns and looks at her backup dancers and they all just lose it like cackling (laughs) song she does with the i can't even say it with a straight face which i've never totally loved that but it was fun to see live like watch them actually have fun live with that it's just this big party of like i'm on top i made it through all these things that i'm referencing right now and she sinks into the floor at the end i think this is a good time to tell the people what our best guess for what the tour is going to close on is we talk about it in our tour dreams and wants episode from a few weeks ago but tell me that y'all can't see her sinking into the floor to karma's a relaxing thought (laughs) that's totally shit she perfect uh let's just design her tour honestly i think we came up with a really good realistic set (laughs) i'm trying not to get my hopes up about anything but karma seems like especially after this is why we can't have nice things being the closer for rep karma seems like the most realistic closer for the era store yeah because it's a very good closer to like the idea of all of her eras and the story of taylor swift like all these things happen it got bad for a while she came out on top and now karma's a relaxing thought it's so fun it's so lovely and this is why we can't have nice things despite it not being a favorite on the album for most people is a really excellent closer surprisingly and then she like sinks away into the floor while all of the outros playing like all the band is going wild this band she's performed with for a long time i'm pretty sure so they're having fun as well as she sinks into the ground and for those who are keeping track that makes this show about two hours long yeah she doesn't do a fake encore that is not something that really happens anymore it's a little bit outdated in music i think like she's not going to come back out and perform a couple other songs it's a production it is timed it is a whole theatrical broadway style show almost yeah, the ending so, is like perfect <laughs> yeah yeah she doesn't need to come back out it kind of takes away some of the validity of how the show ends but on the screen pops up and in the death of her reputation she felt truly alive which is one of my favorite lines ever uh, she really nailed it with this era and her selling points of it and the aesthetics she really really did and i feel like the tour does a really good job too of her transformation like she starts out all super super dark and badass with like are you ready for it i did something bad man tuck shit then i owe him nothing and then at the end she's in her glitter dress again like she's still taylor she's still like that 1989 taylor that loves glitter and like having fun but the hard exterior comes first Oh, yeah. She leans into it so well. 
she taps into playing a character version of herself during this tour. And I think it's phenomenal. As people are walking out of the stadium, we get the So It Goes representation where they do play So It Goes. <laughs> Just in darkness. So it goes. Scratches down your darkness. And Justice for So It Goes. Justice for So It Goes. <laughs> And then the credits, you know, show up on screen. And then we get our little behind-the-scenes clips. We get, like, little blooper clips. <laughs> we do. I love they showed, like, somebody holding up a sign that said, being pregnant isn't making me pee my pants, Taylor Swift is. I think that's relatable. So, so funny. <laughs> is it relatable? Do you have something to tell me? Oh, God. <laughs> She's uh, rehearsing, and she's wearing a shirt that says lovers on it. And that's probably not an Easter egg, but she was conceptualizing lover when this tour yeah, was... let's be real. She was writing lover. She finished writing lover in, like, February 2019. Yeah. She was actively writing lover during this time. Exactly. And so, maybe an Easter egg? It's so wild for my brain to think about. I say that, like, almost every episode we mention this. It's just so so crazy in my brain to picture like the tour version of the past era writing the next era yeah it doesn't make any sense to me if i'm being for real somebody talks about in the behind the scenes about how there is 10 times as much planking i think for the stage as there would be for a normal show uh so basically the show is 10 times produced versus what most production companies for concerts are used to just to give everyone an idea of how big this spectacle was oh taylor that's pretty much it there isn't a ton of the behind the scenes stuff like they did with the 1989 show but i don't think that it needed it i think it knocked it out of the park as it was yeah she did do a lot of instagram stories with a little bit more behind the scenes action like oh we're rehearsing (laughs) and just quick easy things like that it's so wild to think though this is her first all stadium tour though and now we're gonna see her second one and honestly reputation stadium tour was just so good if i if i had a time machine i lay down and dream of time machines like she said and dream of being able to go back and experience (laughs) that but honestly i just cannot wait to see what happens with the eras tour just like everybody else because if it is half as iconic as the rep tour ended up being which I think it's going to be double. I think it's going to be incredible. And some people might give me criticism for setting the bar too high and setting myself up for failure or giving unrealistic expectations. Taylor Swift has yet to let me down. So yeah, literally if Taylor Swift just came out on a stage with a guitar and sang acoustic to us for two hours, I would be satisfied. (laughs) So same. there's not really much she could do that would disappoint me. I would just listen to her talk in circles if she wanted to so when thinking about the heiress tour versus the reputation tour something that i noticed in researching the rep tour is there was like an article from digital music news in december of 2017 of fans being mad about the cost of taylor's tour being like 250 dollars now ticket prices did end up hitting like eight grand on the resale market that's pretty standard but i cannot believe people are mad about that when Eras crazy. Eras like two fifty was the average. I feel like if you weren't willing to spend two fifty, like it was hard out there. Then you're probably not going to get to go. Olivia, what did you Tay learn this week? I Tay learned that her giant snake was named Karen. (laughs) Unreal. (laughs) She's so ridiculous. We would be friends. That's so funny. (laughs) There's like even on the Taylor Swift wiki, there's the page for Karen. There was once a snake known by everyone and no one. Her name was Karen. Oh, my God. 
I say learned that she had the lover's shirt on in rehearsal. I really do, honest to God, think that that could have been an Easter egg. I think so, too. It seems likely. So I'd say what are we talking about next week? We kind of already touched on it, but if you didn't catch it, what we're talking about next (laughs) week was our experience with what we're about to have this weekend, which is the Eras Tour. Ideally, we're going to have a spoiler-free section for people who don't want to know anything about the set list, for people who just want to hear an overall what to expect, and then we're going to spoil the shit out of it for people who might not have tours. We'll give you warnings, and you'll just have to come back when you... Mm -hmm. and we know we have a good chunk of international fans like a little over a third of you are not in the united states and likely do not have tickets to the show and want to hear what it's going to be like in case you don't get the chance to go and i really hope that you do so we'll give you both sides of the coin yeah we will do our best to remember everything we experienced likely i have a tendency to take way too many videos so i'll have those (laughs) and we're going with both of my sisters and my roommate and so we're going to have other anecdotes to add in so hopefully we don't just black out the whole time and then our episode is us saying we don't remember (laughs) i cried the whole time (laughs) yeah i couldn't see anything because i was covered in tears (laughs) as always be sure to follow us on tiktok and instagram at taylearning podcast you can always send us an email taylearningpodcast at gmail.com We love interacting with you all. We love meeting you all. And this is so much fun. We love building this Swifty community, like we say, every single week. So please be sure to follow us. Share us with your friends. We have seen a big uptick in listeners, and we know that's because y'all are sending us to the people that you think would like us. So keep on doing that. And hopefully, if we don't see you this weekend, we will talk to you next week. And we will be completely changed people because we will have seen Taylor Swift with our own eyes. Yeah, we will. <laughs> okay. All right. For this week, my name is Danny. And I'm Olivia. Bye. And your co hosts are Dirty Little Liars because we are not doing an analysis of Antihero today. Oh, well, wait, no, that's the wrong episode. Yeah, that's the say. This is coming out much later. <laughs> damn (laughs) this is what happens when we record out of order (sighs) okay we're trying to be efficient okay yeah that's why we can't get ahead we're your co-hosts we're your co-hosts i guess (laughs) you just want to start over welcome back to (laughs) (laughs) we're not out of practice at all oh god